1: We're here. I wish I wish I could What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five star review on iTunes a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate DAP for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast.
2: What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It is nice to be back. It is nice to have clear audio again after last week's mishap uh this show this week is being brought to you by bet online make sure you guys check that out a lot of stuff coming up this week including wilder and fury you guys can go on there and place your bets with the latest odds so again that's bet online the sponsor today shout out to the network blue wire man it's nice to be back and dre we are fresh off of watching nxt take over portland it was their Sunday show, standalone. The crowd is actually really good for them just having their own show. So before we get into the banter and just the general topics, it's fresh on our mind. Let's dive into NXT, recap what, what happened, and then we'll get into our normal shenanigans of the show. So uh, overall, we're we're starting off hot. Great for this show. What are you giving it?
3: I mean, it was... Uh... Today, right? Like, everything was pretty mm. good. Nothing was bad. Oh, you are usually pessimistic. Okay. No, yeah, this was a good show. It, I mean, it wasn't like Wrestle Kingdom good, or um, damn. You know what? We actually later on in the show we have to talk about New Japan because we didn't get to talk about that last week. Um, oh, true. Yeah. So it wasn't as as good as like Wrestle Kingdom, but this was this was a really good show. Um, I don't know if anybody had high expectations. I thought it was going to be a good show, and then it actually turned out to be a damn good show with a surprise match that was really good you know what i'll give it an a minus and i'll explain why as as we go through the matches there was a reason why i have to give it an a minus but what did you give it i'm
2: going to give it a b Wow. just because i i think it's probably and again this is a very high bar so it's not saying that this show was bad but it's probably the worst takeover in two years
3: no, no, I don't think two years there be. there's been some, and I know if we went through our old shows, there'd be somewhere where I go there, that no, wasn't as good as I expected it to be. This was better than a few takeovers i don't I don't know. I don't think so. I think
2: what threw it off for me is having six matches instead of five, and I've been pushing to have more matches. But the six seemed a little bit weird. um, The endings of several matches just weren't there for me, which I think you alluded to, which we'll talk about. And then this felt to me like a setup pay-per-view. It didn't have that usual takeover, your ending feud, your starting new one outside of the main event, which we'll talk about. But this felt like a setup pay-per-view. It felt like Elimination Chamber, it felt like whatever the hell's b- Battleground before SummerSlam. It's so close to Mania that I, I felt like it was a setup pay-per-view, and I felt like that was the case all night.
3: Yeah, I disagree. I mean, Battleground sucked, so I can't <laughs> I can't use that as the bar to say it was a setup. Here. Elimination Chamber is usually, like, a lot of the outcomes are predetermined. There were a few, with the exception of, like, the first match. Some of the matches didn't end like I expected them to so i don't. I wouldn't say it wasn't like a transitional event i i enjoyed it it started off really hot and i think it closed well also um to set up for manio so in plus we're like what two months out i was fine with it so it's it's i'm wavering between the a minus and a b plus and i think we're it's five like, weeks away by the way not two months five weeks whatever damn five <laughs> weeks really i need to yeah. actually like as we talk through the show I'll finalize my grade, but now I'm thinking between A minus and B plus, and I, I think I know where this this show faltered just a little bit. But this was good. It was a, a B is not a bad grade. It's like I mean, that means like what percent B? It's the, not even like an eighty. So WWE best pay per view is what a C C right now for you? <laughs> like what's the Shit, best yeah, WWE I mean, pay per view? Probably like a B. Like you catch me on like a
2: a really dope SummerSlam. Um, what, the last Survivor Series was okay, but it had a lot of the same people. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe that was like a B minus. A-, a B is a really solid WWE show, but I'm not sure if i give anything a B since they had the true brand split with like the Raw only pay-per-view, SmackDown only pay-per-views, just because it's just so much packed into all of these. All of these feel like mania now, because they're so long and so many people are on them, so. I don't know. It's hard to get a B on those. Shit, I gave this one a B of six matches. So we'll go down the card. We had Keith Lee opening it up against Donovan Dijak. Great match. These guys have great chemistry. Again, it's the case of Keith Lee winning the belt on television, them not having a feud for him. What can we do? Let's just go and give him a match when we know the ending because he just got the belt, but against a guy he has great chemistry with. It's a filler match. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a
3: filler match. This was a good fucking match. These guys tore it, it down. It is. Like, filler storyline. Great match. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those matches where it was about the work rate. It was about two guys who were willing to kill each other, that were familiar with each other. They know how to turn it up. And it was some hot shit. Like, <laughs> Keith Lee and Donovan Dijakovic. You keep calling them Dijak in some WWE I match, refuse. Piss at you. I refuse. <laughs> these guys knew where the high spots were. Um, this feud needs to be dead. I don't need to see these two go at it anymore. They've done it enough. And this felt like the pinnacle of it all. I mean, was, there was a title on the line. They had respect for each other and they did some wild shit. It still doesn't reach the peak that I think their Bola. Yeah, their Bola PWG match with man, 2017. That was the best match they ever had. They murdered each other in that match. This was still really good though um the Dijakovic dive off the apron onto Keith Lee onto a chair where the margin of error was really small and Dijakovic could have broke his neck that was fun uh the no spell of the spirit bomb that was pretty damn fun too only thing that sucked about this match was the weird finish
2: yeah it came way too fast you see Dijakovic try and pick up Keith Lee for the feast your eyes and then he just it seemed like at first he got him up enough But then dropped them, and then they decided, like, you know what? We're just going to scratch that. We're going to try to pick you up again. You're going to say your back gave out, and then I'm just randomly going to be okay and hit my finisher, in which Keith Lee has the new finisher instead of the spirit bomb. Cool, but it was just clunky compared to how the rest of the match was, right? We got that build. It hit that next level. They were moving so fast that the ending was so slow, it made it seem out of place.
3: Yeah, it, it just, they kicked out of so much wild shit throughout this match. And then you just had this like, oh, my back. All right, I'm going to hit you with my finisher. And it's over. And I was like, word? Like, we just went through all <laughs> kinds of craziness. And for that to be the finish, and I don't even know if it was necessarily a, take, a case of them protecting Keith Lee's finish. As much as it was like, maybe somebody with the time was like, hey, guys, we got to go home. And they just finished the match off. But aside from that, I thought it was a great match throughout. I, I thought like no, it, that was it, a good match. It ramped up and it set a precedent where it was like, OK, like every match after this has got a, a tough act to follow.
2: No, definitely. So I, I like the match. Again, the storyline next to the match is just like uh, we just need time to fill. Guys go out there and kill each other. Um, but the Haas fights are great. I know you love a good Haas fight. And I think their bowler match from 2017 was rated match of the year. So, they weren't going to top that. <laughs> there's just there's I mean, no that's way.
3: And for no. me, it's one of those situations where I've seen these guys work. So, when I knew they were doing this, I was like, all right. So, I had a bar. I had a measuring stick. And that was their PWG matches were my measuring stick. For a lot of people who never saw their PWG matches, this was like the best shit ever. But if you've seen their work in the indies, then you're just like, oh, yeah. I know what I'm going to get. And, like, the, the diving spot with Dajakovic doing that fucking flip, like, that was crazy. He didn't do that in PWG. But... It was good. It's, it's two giants to do crazy shit. What sucks about it, though, is, like, the sky's the limit for Keith Lee. The limit is the sky for Dodger There's not really much more, much better than he can do than this particular feud because he kind of lacks charisma. He's just kind of him. What are they going to do with him? Um, what's it who, who Punishment Martinez? Are they just going to start feuding now? Like, I don't know where he goes from here.
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's a uh, weird place. Like, is he enhancement talent? Like he's too young I to be enhanced. I don't that's a good question. Um NXT UK needs a foil for Walter. If you just need big guys doing wild shit, that wouldn't be a bad match. Um yeah, I don't I don't know where he goes, but again, the match was good. We see where Keith Lee goes. Who does he feud with? He's a babyface. They don't have a ton of heels. Yeah. And, and true heels to go against right now. So who's his foil? Do they put Roddy back in to that mix does Roddy have to beat the dream do we see dream versus Keith Lee with the dream he was doing heel shit to Roddy and you can be whatever you want when you come back from injury so do we get heel dream it it's up in the air so we'll we'll see where Keith Lee goes I will say this
3: after thing. this I want I want uh Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee sooner than later I'm not going to get it but I'm going to ask for it <laughs> well you could get it you can get it on like one of these Saudi Arabia shows or some shit no 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 I want it. I don't want it in Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia feels like what? has it been like a really good match in a Saudi show no, no. so yeah I, <laughs> no, I, was like, I,
2: had, I had to think about that uh, I was trying to think through like AJ Styles catalog but no I don't think so no so I don't want it to be no I don't think there's there. been any good matches yeah they're just gimmick, yeah, so.
3: gimmick shows I don't want that
2: No, and then second, we were like, oh, who's going to follow this up? And pretty much we came to the conclusion, oh, they're going to march Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox out there. We're like, oh, poor Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. But they didn't fall on their face. It wasn't a bathroom break match. No, these women delivered. From the start, from the jump, Dakota Kai just ran up on Tegan Knox during the entrance and
3: it was on. Yeah, like this was the match that I I said last week, I didn't care for this match. I was like, it's here, but I didn't care for it. But they they knew the spot that they were in. Much credit to them, whoever the agent was for this match. And between those two, they knew what they were dealing with heading into this match. And they were like, you know what? Let's just go from the beginning. Like as soon as you come out, I'm busting that ass. And they just went <laughs> for it. I mean, the cricket bat, word, a cricket bat, a laptop, Um. a, a trash can lit across the head, uh Tegan Knox wearing the Captain Marvel Kree type gear um dude it was this was a good match except for the Sonya Deville uh stunt double who interrupted and we were supposed to act like we were supposed to know who she was
2: that was a horrible horrible piece of boogie so you gave credit to the agent on the match I'm not sure if he decided that one but whoever did was like hey make sure this ends in a run-in that was bad um Cricket bats need to be used more often. That shattered just amazingly. So going through the match, yeah, they beat the hell out of each other. And then we get the table spot. And we think we're getting the table spot. But we get the run in. I still don't know what that woman's name who ran in.
3: Something but you're... You pretty Sonya much Deville.
2: convinced it's Sonia
3: De- <laughs> DeVille. you can't tell me otherwise. You can't fool me, WWE. That's Sonya DeVille. You can, I think it's <laughs> Just be Ra- repackaged. Ra- Raquel Martinez or whatever they're calling her, don't care. When it, when she came out, and I sh- I'm sure the crowd in Portland was like, what the hell is Sonya DeVille doing here? Because they couldn't hear commentary. Nobody knew who she was. For a match that was this good, unexpectedly good, because I was giggling through the whole thing because I was like, yo, I wasn't expecting them to kill each other like this. And then it finishes like that, it... This is... Okay, now I think I'm at a B-plus for this show. Because I'm thinking about these two matches, because they were really good, and then the you are just like, what? That run it was so unnecessary. They could have done that on TV next week. Mm, I
2: don't know. Yeah, Raquel Gonzalez. All right, yeah. Whatever. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that did do much for me. And then next up, right off of that, we had Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Heel Finn versus Babyface Johnny. And... We said the past couple of weeks, if Finn doesn't turn in a great performance here, he's not going to do it again, right? Like if you can't get a great match out of Johnny Gargano, then you can't wrestle a great match. And I think the two delivered, it wasn't high spots. It wasn't, you know, just crazy, flippy shit, It, it none of that. It was a good wrestling match from start to finish. And it really showed the difference in Finn's skill set between being a baby face and a heel. Yeah, and it's so much better as a heel.
3: Yeah, I, I saw this match and I was like, I wonder, it can't be a sprint because we've already had like two of them. So they worked a good methodically paced match in spots, but they knew where to turn it up. They, you know, the shotgun kick off the announce table was really good. Although, in my mind, because everybody was doing wild shit tonight, I wanted him to shotgun him over the... the, the, the uh, the barrier, and into the crowd. I was, <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted. But I wasn't going to get that. But yeah. either way, the uh, the, uh, the the Bloody Sunday finisher looked real stiff. Um, and the right guy won. And we know exactly why it won as we get to the end of this pay-per-view or network special, whatever you call these things nowadays. But the right guy won. And heel Balor is a lot more fun to watch. This was, this was a match. I don't know about you. These dudes walked at, came out, and I was like, yo, I got to hit the gym because I got to do some crunches these guys are yeah. ridiculous <laughs> Gargano like Finn has always been ripped right
2: like we've only known Finn as being ripped Gargano was not looking like this coming out of Evolve when he first signed he's wow. completely him and Ciampa have completely changed their physiques crazy. it's crazy it's it's Ciampa is gigantic now every time he gets injured he comes back with more muscles on top of muscles One more injury is gonna look like big papa pump
3: Mm, that's scary
2: and then johnny's just shredded it's it's bananas man to to watch but yeah kudos to them good match there and it did what it needed to do and finn balor is damn near unbeatable at takeovers now 10 and
3: one and i'm here for this like i think him losing wouldn't have made much sense to me if you want to have a hot heel another hot heel. because adam obviously adam cole is your hot heel because he's the champ there's really no other heels so maybe it's well no it's not going to be that it's not going to be Finn Balor and Keith Lee but there's another heel that's in, yeah, I doubt it I, I I we'll talk about it in a second let's move on
2: then we have the women's championship match between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair and let's just start this out by stating the obvious Bianca Belair as a star and even in the feud between Charlotte and Rhea Bianca's the one that stands out. And we see it, a lot of people online see it. WWE
3: has to see it, right? Or Triple H has to see it, correct? You would think so, okay. So, this one, I'm tired of Bianca Belair losing in front of her parents. That's bothering me. Stop bringing her parents out to make <laughs> her lose. Two, there's a lot of people like, oh, she lost on Black History Month. That didn't bother me so much. It's like, whatever, it's Black History Month. Yeah, 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 but we can't like just put everybody over Keith Lee just won. Relax. Um, But the ring attire was amazing. The uh, black history. She makes it herself. Dude, listen. She's she's black royalty. Um, Three, early in the day, that clip came out with her talking to Xavier Woods. And she was talking about, like, no, no, I can do a 450 splash on day one. Like, her athleticism, her ability to cut promos. Her work has improved tremendously since she, we first saw her in the first May Young Classic. She, you're right, she is a star. Like, you put her in the right spot, she's a star. And I felt like the timing was kind of wrong with her because they pushed her really quick for the Shayna Baszler feud, where Shayna was mm-hmm. just getting that title run, so it was like she wasn't going to win there. Here, she's in the midst of the Rhea Ripley run, where it's like, well, she's probably not going to win here either. But now you start to look at it, I'm not terribly impressed with Rhea Ripley. I've said it a few times now. Like, she's cool, but her and Charlotte doesn't really intrigue me as much as Charlotte and Bianca would. Because their athleticism is off the charts. And Bianca just does shit in the ring and makes it look effortless that nobody else can do. Her 450 splash, crazy. The hair whip, crazy. The way she picked up dude, Rhea Ripley's not a small girl. And she gorilla pressed her. Like it was nothing. She she you're right, she's special. Not saying the right woman didn't win is clearly the Rockets on Rhea Ripley's back. But they have to figure this shit out with Bianca because this is the third time she's lost a title match. She can't keep losing. If, you gotta well, find... they'll, they'll paint it into a picture
2: sooner or later. If she's going to win the belt, they'll use all these losses in that promo package.
3: Well, see, it only, it only works now if she's in the Mania triple threat. In my mind, because like if you give it a, to at another takeover, I don't think the build's quite the same. I think where you have a match where you really don't know who's gonna win with Rhea and Charlotte, and you stick Bianca in there as well. I know some people just want to see him go head up, but again, I'm just Bianca's too good to not have a match. Like uh, with meaning, she's too damn good.
2: Bianca would eat the pin, and I feel like it'd be wasted.
3: Maybe not. Maybe, like here's the reason why I say it. They would put her in there to keep the other two strong. Here's the reason why I say it. Cuz if you put her in the match, it's where are we it's It's mid-February. You said we're 5 weeks out from mania. It's a heat check. Because maybe like Kofi mania, the crowd just really gets behind Bianca and they call an audible. Um which leads me to my next thing. Yeah, Rhea Ripley won. But hers Charlotte coming out Laying waste to Rhea, throwing Bianca out there for whatever. Um, telling Rhea she's going to see her at WrestleMania. I, again, I have a huge problem with this. I don't like the NXT women's title being defended at WrestleMania. I really don't like it. I think it's dumb.
2: I think it could headline TakeOver. So if Charlotte moved down and that was your triple threat, that would be the main event of TakeOver, regardless of any other matches. Which would mean something, right? It'd bring eyes and star power, and that'd be amazing. Charlotte, in back-to-back years, would then main event a WrestleMania and then a TakeOver. That's pretty damn good.
3: Right. So why are we doing this at WrestleMania?
2: (sighs) Because... I think that feud is Vince's idea, and Vince, for you say whatever you want, but Vince is stubborn, and Vince has what he thinks he wants every year, like you know the Taker Head Streak, and uh, Triple H has his entrances every fucking year since 2000, with the motorcycle or, or Stephanie or whatever it may be of the throne. We know what to expect there. And now Charlotte's entrance with all the fireworks and the pyro has become a WrestleMania staple. And he's not going to back down from this. She is the golden woman of that division. She has won the Royal Rumble. She has, you know, headlined last year, lost, but headlined last year. Still didn't take a pin in that match, by the way. So you look at these things. She is the most protected superstar in the company. Over The Fiend. She is the most protected superstar in that company. And he's not going to have her miss out on WrestleMania. It's just not going to happen. So this feud only happened because people were like, I don't want to see her take on Becky again. That's fatigue. So he's like, give me a better idea then. Well, how about she faces Rhea Ripley, Rhea Pinder, a couple weeks when the girls were up from NXT. All right, goddammit, do that. But as long as she's on the show, it was meant so Charlotte would have her entrance on the show. Vince booked her to win the Rumble to be on that show, to have a main position on that show and to have that entrance. So Rhea is fitting into that plan. What happens now though is, can Rhea lose the NXT title at WrestleMania? Cause Charlotte is going to get the entrance. She's going to be on Mania, she's gonna continue this. Does Charlotte win the NXT title? And then how do you get that back onto NXT without making everyone look like they're shitty? Does Rhea win again on Wednesday? Like it it gets complicated. It would take two weeks because they film that following Wednesday show at Mania. Those are the dark matches. So then you got to wait a week and a half for Charlotte to go back to Florida to go to NXT and lose the title in a rematch. And Rhea demands her rematch, her championship rematch. And then she wins. It complicates it and makes it look very, very silly. I think you find a way for Charlotte to lose to Rhea. Rhea maintain it, even if it's like a returning Nia Jax, right? Or you have um, what's her face, right? Ruby Riot. If you want to set up another Raw feud for Charlotte, that's a great way. Have someone cost her the match against Rhea, but she should not
3: win. Hmm. Okay. So, my problem with this is there's several things. It's one, WrestleMania is eight days long, right? This almost like no (laughs) hyperbole. The shit takes forever. And you have, like, last year there was, what, 13 matches? Yep. Plus a pre-show. Right. Plus a pre-show. So, you have, you know, Fiend and what we think is going to be Roman. We got Drew and Brock. We have all these fucking titles that we got to defend. Now, we're taking a title from another show with the... Biggest star in WWE, arguably the most protected one in Charlotte, yeah, Becky, whatever. But it's really Charlotte. is your golden goose. And you're putting her in a title match that's got to fit somewhere in the scheme of this long-ass show. That's a problem because I don't think these women get enough, get enough time to work or it's going to affect somebody else or it's going to be at a time where the crowd is, is exhausted. The, the other thing is what you just mentioned. If Charlotte wins, then what? Because do you put it on NXT? I don't think so. But No. <laughs> no. It, it just doesn't make sense. And then my third thing is if you're trying to bring attention to NXT, this isn't the way to do it. The, the, it works the other way around. Charlotte is is working takeover because you want people to watch Takeover. Because people are already gonna watch WrestleMania. WrestleMania is not it's not necessarily a card. The card is the sum of its parts. It's not one particular match that makes you go, oh, Charlotte's Wrestling on WrestleMania. I'm going to go watch it now. It's not how it works. You already got Becky, which will probably be with Shayna, which we're talking about a little bit. Um, You're going to have probably Bailey, like Naomi or something like that. I don't know what the fuck's going on with women tag titles. That'll be somewhere on the pre-show. Like, you have all these matches. And then in NXT, what women are going to wrestle on TakeOver? And for what? Because there is no secondary title in NXT. You're taking their one of their most prestigious titles off of their biggest show of the year. I don't I don't get any of this. you it won't hurt you. Like if you want Takeover to be big, give Charlotte that entrance at takeover. Cause you're already gonna have ten thousand yeah. entrances at, at WrestleMania. And I don't know who's
2: gonna I mean the fiends probably is but gonna have a that's epic like saying interest. Roman Reigns isn't going to be on WrestleMania. No. We
3: know Vince's favorites. But like it, it's done. Like it's just not it. going to happen. Like if Roman would wrestle like uh Adam Cole for the title. If Roman were to wrestle Keith Lee, like if he's not doing it on TakeOver, just don't do it because don't That's take a title. A match, by the way. It is, but don't take it off of TakeOver <laughs> because right now, NXT, if, if Vince is a ratings whore, so NXT is losing almost handily now to AEW Weekly. And if you want to bring attention to NXT, people are going to watch it and say, oh, the 17th title being defended on WrestleMania, I need to go watch this show. No, you put Charlotte there like you would put Roman on Takeover and the Roman fans who haven't watched NXT would watch Takeover because they're already going to watch WrestleMania. It, t- to me, this makes no sense. It's like a vanity move, but it's going to backfire because it, it, and then on top of that, the big the biggest issue is what if this match isn't good? It's oh, possible. that's a very big possibility. You know, it's like what <laughs> yeah. if this match isn't good? And And then it could be boring. On top of well, it Charlotte doesn't have boring matches. Eh, but on top of everything else, well, the women's triple threat last year was not good. It wasn't. It may have ended WrestleMania. We were like, eh, it ended stupid. We were exhausted on top of that. But wasn't that good. But then on top of all this, you've got the women's tag title, SmackDown title, Raw title, and the NXT title. Four women's titles at WrestleMania are probably going to be mm-hmm. defended. That's a. Like, somebody's got to get bumped off of, of the main show. And we assume it's the women's tag titles, but it's probably also going to be the SmackDown title. What does that oh, say yeah. about SmackDown? If SmackDown can't. If SmackDown's on fucking Fox, if SmackDown can't get the rub at WrestleMania and NXT does, it, what are you saying about SmackDown? This is weird to me, man. You could. Like, TakeOver should defend their titles at TakeOver. If the talent from, from the so-called main roster, NXT's main roster, fuck what you heard. But if the talent on Raw SmackDown want a piece of NXT, come to NXT. They already fucking did Survivor Series. They already came to you and beat your ass. Go to them. That's how I feel about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But if it makes sense for anyone that's not Charlotte Flair. Or Vince McMahon. Because Charlotte is not going to miss out on... On WrestleMania, That's just the, the crux of it. Now, the other complaint people have is, oh, there's going to be no
3: women's match on TakeOver. I mean, what, what, there's going to be, there'll probably be a women's match, but it probably won't have as much meaning. What is it, a number one contenders match at TakeOver? What you can
2: do is put Bianca Belair versus Rhea at TakeOver for the right for Bianca to be added to the match the next night. And Bianca could beat Rhea.
3: No, like for the it's for the title of bus for me, dog. Like I don't. I'm just saying.
2: I I understand that, but that is what you can do and have Bianca earn her way. If you want to get the Kofi treatment, right? He he had to go through the gauntlet. The New Day had to wrestle a tag gauntlet to get his ass in. You say Bianca, you have to beat Rhea at Takeover. And then you're in the match for tomorrow. It'll probably still be shenanigans. Charlotte would come out, cost Rhea. Bianca would hit her with the finisher and win. And now it's a triple threat at Mania, built the night before. But that gives you a women's match with some stakes. Outside of that, there's no stakes. But tonight we saw with, you know, a secondary women's feud. It doesn't have to be stakes, really. Like, they did really well. So you can put Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae And that shit will knock so, <laughs>
3: That's not happening
2: <laughs> Title or not title But I'm just saying right Like Title or no title You put that shit on a card And then you're good money If you really want a women's match It's going to tear the house down So there's there's ways to go about it And we just got to see We got to see how the, the build goes To mania Now getting to the main event Tonight in which Oh not even Whoop, Five matches My bad roll this back nxt tag championship match the brochure weights matt riddle and pete dunn versus ue bobby fish and kyle o'reilly i thought the match was was good i mean people don't like the whole matt riddle stick and i know you were one of those people like stop talking as much i think he's funny he's like the high guy who just says anything like that shit's funny the bobby fish rap was was funny to me they fell into something good so i didn't mind it i like the pairing the vignettes for riddle and dunn are hilarious so we get into the match and then there was no doubt that it was going to be a good match i'm surprised by the ending but no doubt that the match itself was good
3: like um i like matt riddle i think pete dunn's a better heel but whatever, I think we're working towards a breakup. That's just what you do when you put singles wrestlers together. One of them used to be a heel. Somebody's going to turn heel. And maybe it ends up being Matt Riddle. Kind of like with Miz and Shane. Maybe that's what happened. Um, but the stoner gimmick is cool, but I think you can only get so far with it. I think you can't... I don't think Riddle could be an NXT champion with that gimmick. The, like the heavyweight champion. No, I think he'd have
2: to go heel and be vicious, yeah, Riddle.
3: Yeah. Nevertheless... This match was good, and it was weird because it was like, you weren't like tired from what you had seen before, but you had you had two sprints, you had a really methodically but really well-paced match. Um, then you had Bianca and, and Rhea, which was cool. Like, it wasn't like great, it was, it was good in spots. And then you had this match, which had like these really great spurts of action. And there were just like some crazy reversals, and... Like, hot moments where, like, Riddle would just destroy people or Pete Dunne over here just stomping on fingers and shit. And Kyle (laughs) Kyle O'Reilly's, like, he's gold to me. I watch Kyle wrestle, and I'm like, I really, I would love to see Kyle O'Reilly and Cesaro wrestle. I just would love to see it in the Tokyo Dome. Just those two just do crazy shit to each other. Like, the MMA stuff, I love it. The finish was surprising. Um, But I feel like, again, it's a tag team made for a breakup. So... Undisputed era, you know, they lose their they lost the North America title, now they lose the tag titles. Um, and now the bros are wasted the titles. And initially I was like, you know what'd be fun? The bros are wasted DIY. But we didn't get that because of what happens in the next match.
2: Yes, so right into it. Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. To me, this is match of the night. It's close with that opening match with Keith Lee and Dominic Di- Donovan Dijack. Um, But I'm going to say The main event wins out I don't care if they spam A thousand finishers And none of those shits work They were great And the near falls were incredible And the shenanigans There were no shenanigans all night Outside of the stupid run in by Gonzalez Or (laughs) You call it whatever you want But But they saved all the shenanigans for this match. UE came in, tried to help, couldn't really help. Ciampa knocks out the ref, then hits the finisher, doesn't get it. And then the final shenanigan, Johnny Gargano comes out, grabs the title, in his DIY t-shirt, like you pointed out, and hits Ciampa in the head, and that's it. No no finisher from Cole after that. The belt strike is what did him in, directly leading to the pin. I think that's key. And it's like Peter Griffin versus the chicken. This shit's never over. I could literally watch them fight forever. And a twist where I think they were going last year before the Champa injury. So they worked right back into it. As Johnny is the heel and Champa is the face. I, I think this is good. They're going to tell all angles of this story. And I'm here for every single one of them. Um,
3: It's not my match tonight. I think Lee and Dajakovic was a better match. Um... I'm not gonna, it was like, as Bruce Pritchard says, it was a lot of gaga at the end of the match, and I felt like it kind of dragged on with the interference. Like, I felt like they could have got there with Johnny a little bit faster. I felt like the ult- und- Undisputed Era were out there for a really long time. Like, in the, as a ref, look, we watch New Japan. Sometimes these refs just don't give a fuck. But at a certain point with the ref, it's like, Jesus Christ, you guys are back again? Get out of here. So Sooner or later, you got to throw these guys out. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like It's a title match. Quit. Like, I know what. I'm waiting for the day that there's a smart ref that's like, I'm not going to fall for you jumping on the apron. Fuck you. Like, I'm waiting for that ref. Where is that ref going to happen? Because at a certain point, there's got to be a ref that just, like, doesn't care for the shenanigans and already knows, like, you're going to distract me. And those dicks behind me are going to try to do something. Or I need a referee that can take a bump. I just need one. I need one that gets bumped (laughs) and then gets like... I don't know, like, look, man. I know they're not wrestlers, but most of these referees have wrestled. So the fact that, you know, you can Irish whip somebody into a referee and it's like he got, he ate like 13 RKO's is wild to me. They just die when they take a bump. And then you look at these refs these days. And you're like, yo, some of these refs are yoked up. Like you should be able to take a bump, or you shouldn't be so stupid because you wrestled before and you know what's about to happen. That shit starts to bother me. I felt like the undisputed era was out there a really long time. The near falls were almost overkill for me. Almost, it was like we got them. So many of them with Cole and Gargano. Like I don't know, man. Like I, it's, I'm not saying I'm not into the. Was it into the Cole uh, Champa feud? But I felt like it was more about Ciampa getting the title back than it was an actual feud. Which is cool, but all the near falls, like, it made sense with Cole and Gargano. And it made sense with uh, Gargano and Ciampa. This one, it was just so much. And I just felt, again, they were out there too long. The finish was fine. I was fine with Gargano turning because payback is a bitch. And we needed to circle the wagons and get back to where we originally were. So I'm fine with that. And I think it brings us into uh, the possibility of a fatal four-way at WrestleMania for the title in WrestleMania takeover. We're not doing that shit at WrestleMania and take over the title because (laughs) Balor's beat Gargano. Balor's been after that damn title and in no way, shape or form should either Ciampa or Gargano leapfrog Balor to be the number one contender. Balor's been on a roll. So I think he should be in the match. Um, He's already, which makes it even stranger not really. I'm sure they'll work their way around it. But Balor turned on Gargano, and now Gargano's going to be the biggest dick in wrestling. So, what does that make Balor? You're not a face, though. No, he's not a face. But you're kind of no like. Face. But now you look at it as like, well, shit, Johnny, you deserved it, you dick. Like, <laughs> you got you got kicked in the face by Balor. You had, like, this. this you met, made, He made you miss a takeover. Then you went to take over you got wasted by Balor. And then you went out there and just turned on Ciampa. After the chopper came back and was your friend. And you guys were DIY. It, there's a lot of shit going on here. I'm not mad at any of it. But I'm curious how they're going to play this all out at WrestleMania. Because now it feels like Adam Cole is the odd man out. And he's the guy with the title.
2: <laughs> it does. I mean, I think the most logical step is you go Cole versus Finn Balor. And you just go he, tweener versus true heel.
3: You're never going to do that at WrestleMania. Never. I mean, not at WrestleMania. You're not going to put Finn Balor.
2: Are as a takeover headliner? Are you kidding me? You're printing. You're not
3: money. gonna do two
2: heels for the title. You're not. I, I think they're gonna do it. I don't. I'm you don't? How 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 convinced are you that they won't do this?
3: I'm not I'm not like I'm I'm seventy thirty that they won't do this.
2: Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh you know, I was feeling frisky with another wager.
3: Yeah, come on, dog. I'm but, not doing that shit. I'm betting you on shit I'm gonna win. <laughs> Well, no, that's unfair. <laughs> uh, well, when uh, I know that's I'm I, was, win. I was testing your conviction. Yeah, I'm just saying. I just like for them to do Balor and Cole, unless they start to move Balor to a badass babyface role, then I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the heat here because unless you're doing Ciampa and Gargano in the NXT's first Hell in the Cell match, they need to be involved in this title thing because Ciampa still wants Goldie back. As much as he wants, he's going yeah. to want a piece of Gargano, he still wants Goldie back. Gargano, I'm sure, wants the title back, and he's turned on Ciampa. So it feels like all four should be doing something for the title. And to have Ciampa and Gargano do another one-on-one, uh, we've seen it a lot, and I don't need to see it again. I'm
2: always down to see that. Yeah, give it whatever stipulation you want. I don't care. I'll watch every single one of them. Um, a fatal four-way title match seems like a lot. Could be. It's just so hard to, you know, 40 minutes that people get all their shit off. Like, it, it's it's too much. It becomes a spot fest, and that's not what takeovers
3: are. Eh, like I said, it could be, but if done right, and I think this is the four guys that really could do it right, and it could be, I mean, I don't know, man. I Like, I know a lot of people don't like the triple threats and main events and shit like that, but... You go four way ladder
2: match. I mean, that's the only way I can see it work. That's what
3: I'm saying. You put that
2: belt on the ladder and go four way ladder match. And then you have a way for everyone to get their spot. Yeah,
3: like like some kind of gimmick or I'm always like I'm always interested in this and they don't do it very much. A four way elimination match is always fun to me because the first pinfall thing is kind of weird cuz it's like some guy, somebody like like somebody needs to lose. Like everybody has to lose in order for the winner to get the title. That's kind of why I've always liked the elimination chamber cuz Everybody's got to lose for the winner to win. Whereas the Fatal 4-Ways, the first person who gets the pinfall, he's the champ. I feel like everybody needs to lose yeah. in this match. So it's, for me, it's either a ladder match. I don't think they would ever do an Elimination Chamber in NXT, but you never know. Or an Elimination 4-Way match is the only two routes I can see. Um, and ladder matches for the title, like I, we've never had one on... Um, On a Mania week, I don't think we've ever had a major title in a ladder match on a Mania week.
2: I'm not sure on Mania week. I know Finn Balor and Kevin Owens had Yeah,
3: see, that's like a secondary show, though. But I mean, like, your biggest show of the year to have the main event to be a ladder match for the main title. Even at WrestleMania history, they have never done it. There have been triple threats. Yeah, that's weird. There's been one-on-one. There's been all kinds of matches, but we've never had... A uh, ladder match for the most prestigious title on a Mania weekend just hasn't happened. Yeah, so maybe you
2: could do it. He- I think that'd be a yeah. Those four guys, I think they can make it work. So if you want all four of them, give me a ladder match. Outside of that, I think you split into two different feuds. But we'll see, man. It's uh f- wow, forty minutes deep talking nxt takeover because it was just so fresh on our on our brains um we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna get into the rest of wrestling and the rest of the show so you guys stay right there All right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day are right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all of your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part: when you sign up, you receive fifty percent welcome bonus.
3: The Root Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than actually doing it with f- actual free money. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: All right, now let's get back into the show. All right, we are back, and uh, man, let's get right into the weekly recaps. I feel like a lot happened in AEW, and we've kind of had to put it on the shelf uh, until now due to our last episode completely getting wiped out. So AEW, the past couple of weeks, I think they've had great shows. This week, though, we're really seeing stuff take form and now we're about to head right into AEW pay w pay-per-view so it's the perfect time to kind of recap what's going on
3: yeah and i think uh, I, they, I mean I, dude i, I want to make this clear we had talked about AEW and the things that they they needed to fix and we haven't really revisited for the past few weeks because we've been talking about a bunch of other shit <laughs> AEW's fixed a lot of shit and this show is this, oh yeah this last week was really, really good. Like, it feels like they got rid of a lot of the filler and the bullshit, and they cut the right promos, they had the right matches, and they made some moves where they ditched certain things that didn't work and embraced the things that did work. And now I feel like, right now for me, it's the best wrestling show on television.
2: Hmm. This and NXT quality wise is always neck and neck. I think NXT probably has the better matches still, but AEW is telling the better stories. Even on the go-home show week for NXT, right? So you have AEW telling the better stories. It's culminating at the right time. And as critical as I was of AEW, maybe, and I'll admit this because, I mean, shit, when you criticize someone and they do something right, you be open and honest. Maybe I was jumping the gun a little bit. You were. Because maybe they were building to peak at the right time. That's very possible. So when I thought, like, why is this happening? Or this show wasn't good? Or this is wrong? And a lot of it is changing shit on the fly. Britt Baker changing shit on the fly. Let's just be real. But a lot of the other stuff was just that slow build, slow burn to peak where Go Home Show is supposed to peak right before Revolution. Right? So they they may have played a lot of these very smart now the women's division we see a belt change there with nyla rose you know friend of wrestling with stereotypes live show so congrats to her and she takes the belt off Rio, but that feels a little weird because they're probably going to have a rematch at the pay-per-view and we'll see if nyla holds that title she also had like a Little backstage stare down with the rest of the women. So is it like a six-way match? You just never know which direction they're going with that. The women's division is still kind of weird to me. But I think the the Baker evil dentist, like just asshole. She's not even an evil dentist. A dentist just happens to be her occupation. She is an asshole first and foremost by trade now. And it's, it's great. So I love that change. And dropping the Brandy Stable is even better
3: yeah there was a lot of things done right like I think Britt Baker as a complete asshole who just ribs Tony Schiavone all the time has been really fun and then she has like this really elitist attitude like she went to school and she's saving lives and all this shit and it, fan, it's easy to boo It's nobody likes yep. a dentist it's easy to boo And she's Adam Cole now And the be- they said yo act like Adam
2: Cole and she's like fucking perfect I'm with him all the time
3: (laughs) and the best part about all this is she doesn't need to do anything in the ring to get this over no because she's still not very good in the ring but AEW's figured this out it's like you can tell stories that you probably would have told on being elite or AEW dark you just tell them shits on TV and you can limit (laughs) the amount of wrestling like it's not like we want to see less wrestling but in order to tell us that Brick Baker is a heel it doesn't have to be in the ring She could be a heel in promos or which I'll move over Darby Allen who got his trachea crushed by a skateboard. His little thing with the signs. Perfect. I don't need to see him show up on television to get that point across. that He wants a piece of Sammy Guevara. I don't need that. They did that well, but now Nyla Rose getting the title. Perfect. Felt like the great culmination of everything that, you know, she had disappeared from television with the suspension blah, blah, blah. But her real had a really fucking good match yep like
2: it was really they, good. they've had the best two matches in the women's division so far
3: yeah well you know the bar is not that high either but alas here we are but like her winning the title as the heel um there was some great spots in that match and her staring down the women's division kind of throws the gauntlet down so now it kind of opens the field up for a next contender to show up because if they do the real rematch at revolution fine we know Niall's probably gonna win. She might murder her, send her to the hospital, and take her off TV for a long time. We need to find somebody else. Maybe a new woman shows up. It was supposed to be Statlander, but it feels like they completely moved off of that plan. I'm fine with that. Everything here worked for once. It was like, the women's division, for once, it was like, you guys got it right. So I'm happy with the move. We'll see where they go with it from there. Um, one other sidebar, because Niall is a friend of the podcast, I did text her after she won the title. Just because I saw almost all the hate that she was getting. And that really bothered me. That whole, the, all the transphobic stuff. And then the, your fucking guy, Val Venus, being a moron and him saying shit. <laughs> I had to text her. And, you know, I don't usually share what people text me back, but she had texted me back. She was like, you know, it doesn't bother me because I know I'm doing something right because you're so offended. And I, and I, like, she says some other stuff too. We, we text for a while, but her, I know it bothers her but she also is at a point in her career where she's she's probably heard worse and you know if people are going to be mad when she's sitting on top of the company as a women's champion fuck it let them be mad so more props to her I'm proud of her she's worked really hard to get to this point and you know she's making a difference and she don't give a fuck and I'm cool with that
2: no that's perfect I love that attitude and we know from her being on her show and her sharing her stories and then talking to her in the green room and just around that week the type of person she is. She's just an amazing person and she's worked damn hard to get here. That
3: she has.
2: So it doesn't matter if she's whatever title they'll give her, a ring, it doesn't matter what prize they decide to put on. She has worked damn hard and she deserves anything she gets in this industry.
3: Absolutely.
2: So kudos to her i can't wait and i'm calling it right now and this better happen i want nothing else but big swole versus nyla rose in vegas double or nothing if i don't get that we boycott just kidding we'll have like a something at starcast so we're not boycotting but i better damn sure get that match because even their interactions organically during wrestling with stereotypes was amazing
3: yeah yeah i mean big soul she's just extremely entertaining as a personality with a fantastic story she has crohn's disease and she's lived her life through that she's a mother she's dope and they could really like if they really wanted to do something big they could like they they work well their chemistry together just in conversation is excellent so we'll see what happens yes so uh that's one
2: storyline that came out of it another great thing that they've done is make adam Page a drunk. love drunk adam page he should have let him drink more and i love that he's switching it up one day it's hard liquor one day it's beer he's a man that'll drink anything put in front of him so he's a man after my own heart we're 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 of the same ilk i i can relate to that guy more than i relate to just i'm a random cowboy like no now you're just a belligerent drinker oh we are one in the same so i i love this I think it's going to lead to a great turn whenever they turn, like we talked about in NXT, uh, and break up Kenny and Adam Page. And I think Adam was kind of put in position in that Jericho feud to say, like, okay, let's see if he can be one of the faces of the company. And then Jericho just outshined him. Like, there's no way to say it. Like, Jericho once put in the feud with him, there was no other way to go because Jericho eclipsed him. And now I feel like Adam Page has a character where he can really be at the top of the card and even better.
3: Yeah. And again, it's a situation where you look at a guy and you say, "Okay, it was a little too much too soon. We can tell a better story without him working in the ring to tell the story. Him drinking and his interactions with like the Bucks and his facial expressions. (laughs) That's how you build character. We all know these. Fucking that's
2: being guys. the elite stuff though, right? Like yeah. you mentioned, that shit that would be on being the elite exactly. in, in the past two years.
3: It's like we all know you fucking guys can wrestle. There's like there's no denying it. And at this point, clearly at this point, we have gotten to the point where we're saying to ourselves, Okay, that's enough. Like if you guys were so if you guys didn't want people to poop on what you guys are doing because you're putting yourselves over, fine. I think we've reached we've gotten past that point. Kenny Omega mm-hmm. needs to like he's got the tag titles now. Eventually, he's going to need to be in a title feud and have a real run. There's no reason for these guys to continue losing, and they can feud against each other. They can do whatever they want, but we know you can fucking wrestle. So now give us something else. And what Adam Page is doing right now is that something else. Because meanwhile, Kenny Omega's got a feud with Pac that's going to happen with, with their match happening at Revolution, and it feels like this whole thing can just spontaneously combust with Page getting pissed. I don't know what's going to happen. But there's a lot of fun that can be had here. Storytell. You ain't gotta wrestle. You ain't, you, I don't need like six, 15, 20-minute barn burners on AEW each week. Tell your stories through words a lot of the times. And it works. And then on top of that, we're talking about promos. Santana just went off on a on, his interacts with JR. Oh my God. That dude like, <laughs> it's like when I saw that, I was like, yo. This is what I need on my television each week. I'm so glad this shit was down on YouTube and people could see it because Santana cut an excellent promo.
2: Yeah, Santana, I can't wait until him and Ortiz, like, they get that tag team title run. This, again, my still small gripe, and it's becoming smaller and smaller by the week, is that a lot of these mid-card tag teams or wrestlers are still being put in position just to fuel the bigger matches. Like, Dustin Rhodes beating Sammy Guevara, I get it. Jake Hager is now set up for his first match, but was that necessary? Mm. Could it Jake Hager just come in and beat the shit out of him and save Sammy? He could have. Can he not take another L? Like, you're just using him, Darby Allin, uh, Jungle Boy, Who's I don't think is won match, but they'll use that somewhere down the line. You have these people that you're just using on the mid card. And Sammy Rivera got his own damn feud going on and it's like okay he's gonna lose clean to old man half gold dust dustin rhodes while he's trying to build a credible feud yes. against darby allen why why it's unnecessary it is build it on its own legs stop building it on the backs of these guys who are going to be your future stars plenty of time to turn it around right plenty of time to give them winning streaks and all i understand but it seems unnecessary to always have like a clean finish and just let these guys lose all the time. Now they're going into their own feud. Darby Allen hasn't won in like 3 months and Sammy hasn't won in like 4 weeks. Yeah. And they want me to care about this feud, in which I'll care anyway cuz these two are amazing. But I'm I'm just saying like it kind of defies logic in a company based off of wins and losses. Now wow. you're going for what? Who's the biggest loser? It's the consolation bracket.
3: I don't like that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. And it was funny because it was a question that I asked at All Out to Tony Khan <laughs> about wins and losses mattering. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? Have a ongoing tally of wins and losses like five years from now? You're going to be like 332? Or are you going to reset it every year? Because at a certain point, you're going to want to push a guy. And... You're going to look and be like, oh, shit, how do I push a guy that has been 0-32 for the past 32 weeks? You have to reset yeah. it at a certain point. And Tony back then was like, no, we're going to keep an ongoing tally. No, you're not. These wins and losses are impossible to keep up with because you are going to dig a hole for somebody like Jungle Boy if you eventually say, I want him to be in some kind of title picture. And then you show that graphic on screen and you're like, oh, shit, he's 4-66. Like, how do I push this? <laughs> he's not even going to have four wins by then. A, but yeah, so sure. as, if you reset it, if you just completely reset every year, if you completely reset it, and then the guy is and 0 again, then it's okay because yeah. then you're looking at a guy that's like, oh, you know, he's 14-3 and three, or something like that this year. Yeah, It makes more sense, but at a certain, like wins and losses don't even matter as much as they do. They just don't. It, no, like normal sports leagues, right? Like you could be the worst team in the league, Get
2: the hot quarterback out of the draft and then you're in the playoffs. Your 49ers went from like three and something to the Super Bowl. Reset it every year. Every year is a new season. And that's cool. Like that's, that should be the part of it. I think they still do totals and current. So they do this year and then their overall records, which is still kind of convoluted. And uh, by the way, a lot of shit he said during that past conference hasn't come to fruition. I thought we again getting a black man pushed into the title scene. Scorpio Sky was there for
3: one week. Yeah. I mean, and, it is something. They gotta I mean. And he's their only black wrestler. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's the only black wrestler who has singles experience on television. Male wrestler. Because you got like Sonny Kiss. Oh, still, the private party. got private yeah. party. Um, but they're going to have to make a move because they need more. Where is private party? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's only two hour show. It's hard to get all those guys on there. It's fine. I don't need to see him from week to week, but still, haven't seen Sonny Kiss. No, not on TV. So it's like you got to find uh, some more minority talent, especially African Americans, because they're there and they're all going to be wrestling at the For the Culture Show. So you have to pick in the litter. So go find you a guy like Chris Bay, like AJ Gray, like there's a lot of guys, man. Like you know, to th- Cody's credit. Every time someone
2: asks him on Twitter, like, hey, what free agent are you looking at? He drops Chris Bay's name every single
3: time. Yeah. Well, I mean, how can you not? Have you, this guy's work Chris,
2: Chris is going to choose wherever he wants to go. Yeah. Like, I talking about Texas, I texted him. And I was like, yo, man, just congrats. I think it was like his birthday the other day. He turned 24. His birthday is the same day. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he turned 24. And I was like, yo, congrats. I was like, by the time you're 25, you're going to be one of the biggest names in pro wrestling. Definitely free agents. Like, he's that good. And uh, we'll see him in Tampa. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, not to get too far into that. But, yeah, man, so that's crazy. What else? We had uh, MJF whooping the hell out of Cody. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, not- we didn't even get to talk about that. No. Beat the hell out of him. I love that. You know what? I talk a lot of shit about Cody. And I'm still not, like, overly infatuated with his in-ring work, but his promos have always been golden. And since coming into this company, yeah, he's booked himself strong. He's like six and one, whatever. He does a lot of shit that most people wouldn't do. Like he can be even more entitled. Like you go back to like super entitled Triple H in the early 2000s, Triple H wasn't gonna let like Booker T beat the shit out of him with a with a belt, you know? It just wasn't going to happen. Cody takes a lot, of, a lot of ones for the team to keep everyone strong, and then he puts himself over in the match. Uh, I, this can't happen. MGF has to beat him. But nonetheless, I, I think I like the way it's going. This pay-per-view might actually be Cody versus Wardlow.
3: I don't know. No, it's, it's going to be Cody and MJF because Cody and Wardlow are going to do they? the steel cage. It's very cage vague match. right now. Cody and Warlow is a steel cage match this week. And if he wins, well. That's what they're teasing. Yeah. Okay. And I don't, I don't know if he has to win it or if he just has to wrestle in it. I can't remember. But either way, he'll get the MJF match at Revolution. So it's going to happen. And I think the right thing to do, and what Cody's probably going to do, is put MJF over. Because he's ultra hot as a heel right now. He's, he's the one oh, few yeah. legitimate heel that you're just like, all right, fuck this guy. Like and that's who he is. Had the fan going after him. Like which <laughs> him and Bastard Pack are the only two heels. Yeah. And, and you know, but everybody hates MJF. Like you look at you look at Pac and you just go, That fucker can wrestle, so whatever, I can deal with this. But MJF is just like, fuck this guy. And it works. It works. More power to him. So yeah. There's they have they have a lot of things that are actually working. And even, you know, real quick, the Moxie stuff pass moxley's been fun uh we know he's gonna wrestle jericho i honestly don't know if he's gonna win or lose i still feel like you might want to keep the title on jericho i don't know um but moxley's been everybody's been fun like all this shit's been good yeah there
2: there's uh enough people to pull shenanigans and have jericho win this one and then have moxley win it and double or nothing the same place where he debuted Possibly. So I think you bring that story full circle, right? Like, and we see Jeff Cobb, another added piece, which I don't know why he's added to the inner circle. They already have a bruiser. Nonetheless, Jeff Cobb is added to their stable and tour the islands moxley this past week.
3: It's great. Je- Jeff K- Lude, if it's Jeff Cobb and Brian Cage for sure, and the rumors that Lance Archer or Lance Hoyt, whatever you want to call him, is going to come as well, there'll be some monsters in this shit. They needed some big guys. Billy Gunn was the biggest guy they had at that Battle Royal. Yeah, Billy Gunn could barely move, so whatever.
2: Yeah, so now with uh, Wardlow, Jeff Cobb, they're getting some hosses over there.
3: Yeah, so all this shit, again, everything here can be done right. We can enjoy it. You know, people were worried so much about AEW. They just got here. They will be fine.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, WWE main roster, we can touch on that next week as we prepare for Crown Wait, Jewel. No, we have
3: to touch on one thing. Shayna Basler biting Becky Lynch. We have oh, <laughs> Yes,
2: Yes, yes. Uh, Vampire Baszler. And now the four horsewomen are going to be the brood. Uh, I, I kid. Hopefully that's not it. You never know with Vince. But... I'm giving it a chance only because I'm doing this as a favor to Twitter and the people who are backing it. Um, I, I I wasn't a fan of the shit. I was like, they're making her a vampire? But she took the mouthpiece out, which she always wears a mouthpiece, and now it looks like the mouthpiece is the equivalent of Hannibal Lecter's mask because if she doesn't have it in, she's just going to bite shit. But she takes a chunk out of Becky. Becky sold it all week. A friend of the podcast, Marcus Vanderberg, went to the WrestleMania uh, announcement, press conference thingy, where they walked around the stadium in Los Angeles, preparing for next year. And Becky was still sporting the bandage with blood on it and everything. Okay, she has commitment to the character. Let's see where it is. This got to be the end of the biting. I don't want Becky to bite her back. I I don't need Shayna to bite her every week and turn this into the Nakamura nut punch. Let's leave the biting as a one-time shocking thing. And then let's see where this goes. Yeah,
3: yeah, the, what, what took me out of the biting was the blood, whatever blood capsule they used to get all that blood in Shayna's mouth, like it exploded. And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like that's just how I looked at it. I was like, yo, this is really ridiculous. And I know there's something. Okay, it wasn't a trickle of blood? Not, it was like Yeah, it was like, like yo, crazy. Becky should be dead. Like she bit her. If that much blood came out from the first bite... She should be dead. That's so much blood. You, you Like you cut an artery. She's out of here. Forget about it. There's no WrestleMania. There's a funeral. Like that's what it should have been. But I know some people are like, well, that's it's better than Shayna coming out and choking her out. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're all talking about it. But I mean, when Vince really likes something, he digs into it. And if he digs his heels into this, it's just like, oh, goddammit, pal let's go the brood too and then you got Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir doing their best edging Christian but or the Hardy Boys and they're terrible man I ain't here for that shit like Shana oh that'd be horrible like Shayna has evolved into this legitimate badass who's learned much he, she, she can work a really good match and she already has the upper hand on Becky from Survivor Series and it's like she can't like I didn't if she would've choked her out of I, I'm not going to say it had the same effect, but I would have been fine with it. The the vampire bite shit, like, dude, it was a lot of blood for a bite. Like, that, that was a I lot. Just
2: wanted to be, I just want it to be Tyson bite, not vampire bite.
3: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And like you said, if they go to this every week and it's like, oh, who's biting who? And I got to do a five weeks of this shit before we get to Mania, I'm going to be a very annoyed person. So, like, like let's lay yeah, off the bite. I hope
2: PETA Peter shows up to fucking boycott them if she keeps biting people. Or the ASPCA. Something. Oh, God. Some, someone needs to just protest against them if she keeps biting people. Just like, man, what are you showing the children of America?
3: Do you need a tetanus shot after something <laughs> so like that's, I'm just, I'm trying no, to No, that's go.
2: fair. That was I the biggest storyline on get the it. main roster. She sold it. She you was know, the WrestleMania um, she still wore the same bandage. Oh, and bandage. here's, that's, yes, here, here is to the fiend being the shit out of Hulk Hogan in Saudi Arabia, Arabia hopefully. No, we're not kidding. That's uh, a... That. Hogan was in the promo this week.
3: Yeah, but they, this is all so, Goldberg. Uh, Come on.
2: Yeah. I, you so, know what? I'm tired of people know.
3: like this is the second week of a row in SmackDown, and then we can move to New Japan, where they were like, Goldberg is back this week, and it was like dot 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 via satellite. And it was like Hogan is back this week, dot 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 from his garage. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like stop announcing appearances where they're not really because now I'm thinking when Cena shows up, he's gonna be on the movie set. As the Invisible Man. So it'll just be like nobody there and it'll just be his voice.
2: Oh, God. That's very possible. And I'll tell you what. I we, I think this is all to promote their next uh, the Fast
3: and Furious movie. So, yeah, why not? He's in The Invisible Man. Like I, I tweeted, if any, if all you guys saw it, he has manifested you can't see me into a career. That's the best shit ever. Because now he's in The Invisible Man. <laughs> Kudos to John Cena. All right, let's move on to New Japan. Yeah, so New Japan,
2: I feel like we've missed out on it for a couple of weeks. Um, man, so I don't want to say much is happened. I want, I want to start on one thing. Will Ospreay wins the British heavyweight title and is done with super juniors. Junior heavyweight, all of that is done. He is officially a heavyweight. I'm not surprised. It's, it's overdue. But i love what's coming next for him and it's cool to see him just get his first like little heavyweight title it it makes sense it doesn't have to be the never open openweight title which is usually used for that method and now let's see him work his way up i see title next and then main title feud in a couple
3: years i mean yeah obviously it, you know he got stretched out by Zack sabre jr and then he goes to i think the rev pro show when he wins the title cool those two had a long feud we knew osprey was going to go up there but then On the same breath, Shingo Takagi won the Never Openweight title by beating Goto. Both of their asses have now moved up. I'm here for it. Because you look at a guy like Shingo, like we knew Osprey had bulked up, his wrestling style changed just a little bit from super flippy shit to using it when he needs it and then could wrestle. Then you look at Shingo and you look at the size of him and you're like, dude, yeah, you're a junior heavyweight, but you're really like a heavyweight. Shingo's kind of yoked up so him getting the never open weight title and Ospreay uh, winning the British title and formally announcing that he's a heavyweight both of those guys added to the heavyweight division could make some really interesting matches like Ibushi and Osprey, Shingo and Ishii you know, you, you know I love Ishii but all this shit could be really fun so I'm glad they made this move I'm just curious how who's going to be in the Super Juniors feels like maybe it's going to be El Fantasmal's time I was about to say it's it's a little light in the junior heavyweights, right? Yeah.
2: So you have Takahashi Mm -hmm. standing on top, and then a bunch of guys you have to build up fairly quick. Um, Show and Yo will be in it, but they're still kind of like a tag team. Yeah. So it's just who's the next guys? But I feel like they usually trot in young lions into the super juniors or into the junior heavyweight division in general. Much easier than they do heavyweight division.
3: Yeah.
2: I can't remember the last young lion that went straight to the heavyweight division. Straight to? Hmm.
3: No, I can't think of one. Right? Off the top of my head. Like, I can't think
2: of one. I can't. Like, you come through the juniors. Wait, we even saw that w- with Switchblade. Yeah,
3: Switchblade. Jay White yeah, he was, a junior. was yeah.
2: in the junior. Yeah, so you, you look at these guys. Shit, Kenny Omega, I think, was down there for He a, second. Was a
3: junior. He was definitely junior.
2: For years. Like, three or four years, like, Kenny was down there. Finn was a super junior. Like, I don't... Unless you come from somewhere else, like AJ Styles, but that's not from the dojo. I don't know who was the last person straight from the dojo that went and was a heavyweight.
3: Yeah, I can't can't think of one right now. Somebody's going to correct me, but I cannot think of one right now. (laughs) I don't know. That shit doesn't happen every day. No. It just doesn't. So if you
2: have to replenish i guess this is the natural order of new japan right you you move these guys up El is in the same position that we saw osprey in a couple of years ago yep. okay now make your run of the juniors and then when you're ready you move up and it's just their natural cycle and at the top sometimes they lose guys to other promotions which will now be aw or wwe and then the next guy moves up and they just keep it rolling
3: yeah speaking of super juniors So so we'll talk about this, uh, the New Beginning in Osaka show from February 9th, which is exactly a week ago. Uh, Takahashi and Dragon Lee was fucking great. Those guys tore each other apart. Well, Ryu Lee now. He's not Dragon Lee anymore. But. He's not Dragon Lee? No, he's Ryu Lee. He changed his name. Um, Okay, cool. But the teasing of the Phoenix Plex, the time bombs, just the ridiculous dumb shit that they did. Um, and it was good because you know it was Lee who hurt Takahashi and was the one who put him on the shelf. yep, I, And for a moment, I legitimately forgot just how good Takahashi was. If, there are times where I see him and I like we talk about Osprey, we talked about SinGo, we talk about Dragon Lee, we talk about uh, all these guys, and you forget like Takahashi's a badass, and <laughs> yo, this was this was a great match. I mean, it's New Japan. They get When they do shit right, they're unstoppable. When they when they nail it, I, there's nothing better. Their final stretches are phenomenal. This was just a great match.
2: No, I agree. Um, let's jump into New Beginning in Osaka to close out the show. We can skip most of the tag matches. We talked about it. one tag match was Chaos versus Suzuki-Goon, which was really setting up the Osprey-Zack Sabre match, so that kind of all tied in. And it culminated with Osprey winning. Um, getting into the singles matches, Jay White versus Sonata, this match was longer than I thought it'd be. You know, I like turned it on on like the third TV and usually I mute it until we get to like the final three matches and then I turn on commentary and really zone in. But I, I was watching this out of the corner of my eye and I was like, yo, this shit is going a long time. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I should probably pay attention to this. And then I was just like, okay like i really i'm one of the people that still likes sonata and i still don't know why he never got that push wasn't he supposed to be like that next guy four years ago
3: and he's just never gotten there it felt like it like i didn't like this match i felt like it was too long and it was long as hell And i kind of expected jay white to win but sonata feels like he's losing a lot lately so if they're really gonna ever give him a bump because now he's in a weird place because uh lonesome day, L- 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 hapon has uh takahashi and you got shingo with the title and you got naito with the title and then you know an evil and sonata with the tag champs now they're not and now sonata's just out here just kind of losing i don't know what the fuck bushi's doing clearly he'll be in like super juniors and he'll lose but that's who Bushi is. I guess he's like the Sammy Guevara. Um, but Sonata's <laughs> in this weird spot because you look at him and you're like, he's a star. Except when he does his hair weird, then you're like, fix that shit. But aside from that, you see him and you're like, yo, I mean, he's built. He can move. Like, the skull in, I don't know. Maybe he needs to switch up the finish, maybe. I don't know. But him losing to Jay White, I was like, eh, this match could have been better. So I was just kind of glad it ended at some yeah. point.
2: And Jay White continues to be the guy who, if you give him the right dance partner, he'll knock it out of the park. You give him anyone outside of, like, the top three or four in the company, and you're like, eh, this is the guy? Yeah. Like, this is your guy? So, yeah, he uh, he's still, like, that wrestle to his competition level. Or, you know, just styles make fights, and not a lot of styles make great fights with him. True indeed. That's that's just what it is. Um we talked about Takahashi versus Ryu Lee, Takahashi wins, good match though, and then we have the two matches everyone showed up for, John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki for the US Championship, and then following that we'll talk about Naito versus Kenta. Moxley-Suzuki is the opposite of J. White-Sonata to me, it was too short. I want to beat the hell out of each other forever. <laughs> I, it was too short and not brutal enough.
3: I, I mean, I enjoyed this. I feel like, of course, I mean, you know, like, this is the type of shit I like. I mean, look, man, when you know, Moxie hitting the Death Rider and then uh, Suzuki, you know, basically being dead, and the, the camera pans towards him and he's like smiling. I was like, this is great because <laughs> that's who he is. This is Minoru Suzuki is. Minoru Suzuki is a legitimate badass. And he lost in a match where these two just beat the shit out of each other, and you know, and it, it was since it wasn't like on like network television. You hear like Moxie yelling at him, "Come on, motherfucker!" And then like at some point, Moxie just lost the eye patch, and it was just like, "Well, shit, I just lost the eye patch. I'm just gonna wrestle like I can see out of both eyes." And he just went with it, <laughs> and they, dog, they just just beat the shit out of each other. Table spots, chair shots. Uh, you know, Moxie looked like his arm. He may have broke his arm at some point, and then they just yelled at each other. Oh,
2: I do remember that. Yeah,
3: and then there's like they were smacking the shit out of each other, and I was just like, "Man, I need this in my life." And then Moxie wins, and you're like, "Well, shit, like, he's still gonna have the, the U.S. title," and I guess he's yeah. going to defend it during Mania weekend because I'm trying to figure out where, where he's gonna lose this thing and to who because I have no idea where he's gonna drop this title.
2: I don't know. Don't they have a uh, U.S. They have a U.S. show coming up, right? Yeah, I'm re- it goes directly against something. Mania
3: Weekend. That's the only thing. I- no. Yeah, they got a They got a Mania-
2: Oh no, the other one was announced for SummerSlam. I'm bugging. Yeah,
3: because they have the uh, they have the SuperCard show,
2: where yeah they have SuperCard. Which
3: man, we're not gonna get into Mania Weekend, but God damn it, that SuperCard on the show is the same night as Takeover. Come on, guys, don't do that to us. Stop. Could do that show Friday. And
2: Joey Ryan's penis party. Wow, which has Grado, which I'm, I'm very upset. I need to see a Grado entrance by the time my, my by the time he hangs it up, or by time here is done and over. I got to see a Grado entrance. So uh, yeah, man. Just I feel like so much is packed into media weekend now. Yeah. Anyway, it's so tough, even compared to a couple of years ago. But yeah, John Moxley wins, and this mixed with Jeff Cobb coming over because. By all accounts, before he debuted on AEW, everyone said he had signed with New Japan. Yeah. Um, I thought that was exclusive. And then you get Moxley continuing to defend his title and winning. I think we're getting closer to that New Japan-AEW relationship and them breaking away from ROH.
3: I don't think they're breaking away from ROH. I think this Marty Skrull being brought in to be the lead booker has salvaged that relationship. So maybe there's a way that they all kind of work together in this weird way. Cause I, Take down Vince. Well, fuck it. Why <laughs> crew not? Crew up. Why not? Well, I mean, yeah, really, like Voltron. Fuck it. Really, why not? I, seriously, why not? But ROH in New Japan, they're going to do Supercard on the show and it's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Cobb, whatever the hell he's doing, who knows? Who cares? This is just all fun for everybody involved. Wrestling is in a great place.
2: Yeah, and Marty did pull that together. I mean, he has a lot of big names. So Jay White will be on the Supercard. Uh Will Osprey will be there. Moxley. Um, Moxie, a lot of a lot of people he got in there for Supercard honor. So yeah, good good job by him. It's his first major pay-per-view as the guy who's booking everything for ROH. So I think he pulled it together uh really well. So we'll see how that turns out. Championship match, Naito versus Kenta. We saw Kenta Cross leg on his chest. We, we saw this build up at Wrestle Kingdom. Good match. Was it amazing? Probably not. Did it have to be 30 minutes? Maybe not. But I also feel like the feud shouldn't be over. I don't know. It, this is one of the things that should have turned into a blood feud.
3: It might. Yeah. Um, I like this match. I think it started off a little slow. But then when it hit, like, hit that next gear, and then when uh, Naito got busted open Hardway, I was like, all right, we're in here now. And everyone who gets busted open Hardway adds a lot to a match. you You know what? There are some times when it happens, and I'm just like, why did that happen? If anybody watches GCW shows, there's a lot of times in those GCW shows where shit happens. I'm like, why the fuck did you do that? And they're they're just like bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, yo, like some of the matches on GCW are fun because it's just completely different. But sometimes I'm like, yo, this is too much. But this particular match, when he hit the turnbuckle, and he was bleeding. I was like, oh, that's cool. Now there's blood and now they've turned up and it got real stiff. I think there was a sequence where they were just smacking the piss out of each other. And I was like, yeah, I like this shit. And I mean, because that's just I'm sadistic in that way, because I just like guys smacking the shit at each other. I've always liked those kind of exchanges. But it ended well, um, you know, Naito obviously get the Destino for the finish, the bet. But then Takahashi comes down, he challenges Naito to a title shot at the anniversary show, which made me go, oh shit, we're going to get a Naito versus Takahashi match? Um, it like the two guys from LIJ in a match, they're going to try to kill each other. This is great, and <laughs> somehow, some way, Kens is probably going to get involved because this thing just may not be over. Because I don't know if you necessarily blow off a few that you started at Wrestle Kingdom with one match. So you're right; they'll probably continue this in some way, shape, or form.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. And you touched on it, so we had the Takahashi call out. Like, so that's a one-off, like just bridging it. I don't know where you get. Or how you get to Dominion from here. But, you know, in Gato we trust, so I have no problem with it. But I just don't know how they're going to map this out, because I feel like unless Naito beats Takahashi and Kenta comes out and beats the shit out of him again, which then that's cool, and then we get to Dominion, they really have a good blow-off feud. But I, I want that to continue. And usually these things continue all year long, right? This is where we saw... Uh, man, Okada versus shit everyone him versus what the ace was around this time, and then it built into Dominion and then into g one and then boom, you hit wrestle Kingdom again last year, then we had the same thing uh with him, man, I feel like was it him versus tanahashi a couple years ago where really picked up at this part for a second Zack Sabre Jr. got hot at this point and we wanted to see him take it through the summer so it's just one of those things like how do you build this all the way through because I don't want to see Naito versus Jay White again very fast like I don't want this to be over I feel like Kenta Naito could be the next thing that goes for a year
3: well it probably won't because you know you got the New Japan Cup coming up and then obviously the winner of New Japan Cup is going to be the next contender for the title So you'd have to think that they either go Kota Ibushi or they save Kota Ibushi for Wrestle Kingdom or they go Jay White or they go Okada. Like, there's so many ways that they can go with New Japan Cup. Uh, I don't think... Kenta could win the New Japan Cup. He could, but I doubt that he... Right, to Dominion. I doubt that he will. Um, And then then you head into G1. So it's like, they got time to figure this shit out. And it's not like... Basically, we're all just happy that is a champion. But after about six months, you're going to be like, all right, we need an ultra-hot feud. And Kento, he's been a good feud. And I know a lot of people was like, you know, they misused him in NXT. Yeah, he got injured. There's a lot of things. But let's just appreciate the Kenta that's here now. He's never going to be the guy that was in no... Like, he's never going to be the guy that, that was out there before NXT and that we wanted him to be when he arrived and became a Tommy. He's never going to be that guy before that. We got to appreciate what he is now. And right now in New Japan, he's healthy and he's putting in good work. So let's just appreciate that shit. And I think that's the biggest thing. He wasn't healthy.
2: It's a big what if. Yeah. Because if anything, everyone else at least had a hot streak. People say whatever they want about Nakamura on the main roster. Granted, he's held the title for an insane amount of time. Between WWE Championship, IC Championship, he's been a champion, I'd say at least for 75% of his main roster run which is bonkers. Um, even though they haven't been great title runs, a champion is a champion. He's not Apollo Crews. And his NXT run was legit. And then Kevin Owens and all these guys. So they've done right by those people in those classes. Drew McIntyre, um, you, everyone. Very few people flamed out. Atami is one of them. And I would say a lot of his was due to injury. So it's nice to see him getting back uh, as Kenta and going along. He might be past his prime due to the injuries, but age in New Japan is relative anyway. Suzuki, how's Suzuki? 75? 1,000, I don't know. Him and rig rigging down. With this <laughs> <size>. oh, <man. laughs> yeah, exactly. So you do this shit forever. As long as he stays healthy, man, he has plenty of time. So that's going to be fun to see how New Japan plays out. And uh, we'll definitely lean in more towards New Japan as we get towards that Super Card of Honor show. And then uh New Japan Cup, Battle Super Juniors, Dominion. This summer is going to be packed with New Japan. So we got a little low, and they take their kind of little, you know, just hangout time. They gave us a good pay-per-view. And then now we'll start to ramp up again with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. The, whew, this has been a long wrestling show today. It was packed full of wrestling. No side topics, no nothing. So thank you guys for listening to this. Bring it to you on Monday because our show last Friday got wiped out. Make sure you guys listen to us on Wednesday and Friday this week because plenty of more content coming your way. We have the Wilder Fight coming up this weekend, so that's going to be nuts in boxing. We have a very special interview coming later in the week as well that we'll talk about on our Wednesday show. So we want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at CornerPodcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. That's it for our show, Dre, man. This, this is fun. See you on Wednesday. Right. Peace.